Her brain felt as if it was being knocked from side to side in her skull, as bright red, blue and green spots flashed and jumped in front of her eyes, behind the blindfold. Her knees began to buckle, but the muscular man gripped at her upper arm. The pressure of the tight hold he had applied to stop her falling to the floor sent a shockwave of pain throughout her upper body and reaffirmed the harsh reality of her situation. A musty, damp odour clung to the insides of her nostrils as the man took her firmly by the wrist and guided her across the chilly floor before bringing her to a sudden halt, spinning her around on her heels and then slowly pushing her backwards until the cold burn of stone seeped through her cotton dress and chilled the skin across her buttocks. The man pushed her back, down onto a thick marble slab. He tied her wrists firmly on either side with thick rope, through a pair of iron loops that had been fixed into the top of each corner of the stone plinth. The drug flowing through her bloodstream continued to subdue her natural instinct to struggle free from her enforced bondage, and she returned briefly to the heavy-eyed dream state that had previously cushioned her from the ongoing nightmarish reality that cruelly kept dragging her back to consciousness. She wanted to call out, to scream for help. The unfairness of her muteness prevented that. She felt the buttons on the front of her dress fly from their stitching as the fabric was torn open, exposing her young, soft, ebony skin. Her bra was cut at its straps and pulled away from her breasts. Then the man's cool hands ran up each of her outer thighs until he reached her stomach. He looped both his thumbs behind the elasticated hem at the top of her panties, drew his hands apart slightly so that they were in line with her hips, and in a single vicious downward motion dragged her underwear down her legs to her ankles before yanking them off her feet. Petrified, she lashed out with her legs into the darkness, connecting with nothing. Now alone and unable to see, hear, or cry for help, she withdrew to a place deep within herself, where she hoped she would be safe, protected from what was about to happen. Her tears flowed, and were absorbed into the silk scarf that was still tied around her eyes, and in her head she sang to herself— the same song that her mother had sung to her as a toddler all those years before, when she was frightened, when she needed to feel safe. Rock-a-boy baby on the treetop, when the wind blows, the cradle will rock, when the bow breaks, the cradle will fall, and down will come baby, cradle and all. The big man turned, and watched as a semicircle of men walked silently out of the shadows of the cellar, all dressed in crisp black dinner suits, their faces covered by Venetian masquerade half-masks, their presence in the semi-darkness picked out by the large cream church altar candles that were housed in the small dugout recesses of the white alabaster walls. They began to move closer towards her semi-naked body, some with arms already outstretched, their fingers eager to explore her exotically coloured flesh. The woman's capped her backed away into the shadows, returning up the sandstone steps, leaving her to an unknown fate. He tried not to think about her again, and when he got to the top, he loosened his tie and took in a deep breath of the icy night air 
to try to clear his head as he stood at the entrance of the cellar. He reached for the huge brass handle of the old oak door and closed it quietly, resting his forehead against one of the panels as he did so. He turned around and looked up at the clear, star-filled sky, then pulled a half-bottle of scotch from his jacket pocket, unscrewed the cap, and knocked back a hefty swig of the burning spirit before making his way across the snowy lawn towards his car. The bottle hanging from his shaking hand, which slapped against the side of his leg as he walked. An unexpected piercing scream from the depths of the underground vault followed him, and echoed out into the bitter chill of the winter night. Chapter One There's only so much staring through the bottom of an empty glass a man can do when he's got less than one and ten in his back pocket.